0: listening to the cross border interviews with Chris Brown. <laughs> Welcome back to another great edition of the cross border interviews with Chris Brown. I'm your host as always Chris Brown and today is a weird day because we are going to talk about a subject that we've talked about in the past with a guest that we've talked about in the past but we are setting up a month-long series that we are going to be holding in June around independent authors from here in Canada, from the States, and around the world. So in order to talk about independent authors, I thought to myself, who is the best independent author that I know and I've had on the show and would come on the show at the drop of a hat? And that is, as always, our horror expert, David Mercer. David, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it.
1: Glad, glad, glad to be here, and, and and thank you for that. Thank you for the compliment there. That, that which actually, which one's the heart? I forget. Anyway, whatever.
0: <laughs> for those who are listening on the audio version of this, not the YouTube, he was trying to figure out which side of his heart his heart is on. So, I'm not sure if it's different down the states,
1: but in Canada, it's the left it, side. <laughs> it could be, in, you know, being a horror horror author. Sometimes people don't think I have. Oh, one,
0: so. oh. <laughs> I love that character.
1: What do you mean they're dead? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sorry.
0: everyone dies in your books unless I, you don't kill them. And then they don't die.
1: Exactly. I try to kill as many as I can. So If, um, if, they, if they didn't want to die, they shouldn't have been in one of my books. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they should not have reared their ugly head in your mind when you were writing the book. That's it. Is it that hard to ask? Seriously, yeah. but in all seriousness, independent authors, we are seeing a massive uptick in independent published authors here in Canada and even probably down the States. I'm finding more and more people independently publishing their own work. Now as an independent author yourself, who has published three books, one, which is good be given away. Uh, audio version, which we'll be talking about later on in the episode. There you go, Living Death. Uh, I will be talking about that a little bit later and how you can win a free Audible copy of it. So please stay tuned. But as someone who has independently uh, published three books to date, what advice would you off the bat, right off the top of the show, what advice would you give to someone who is sitting down in front of their computer right now, and about to put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, that just doesn't make more sense than pen to paper, and potentially starting their first book. What advice would you give them right here, right now?
1: Something I wish somebody would have told me. And and that is, you know, it's it's gonna be a little bit after you start writing. So it's not right when you first start. And we'll talk about some things right there. So I'm breaking the rules a little bit, hope that's okay. But the biggest thing that cost me was listening to the first set of critics. And those first set of critics are going to be your family. They're going to be your friends. And maybe they're going to take it seriously. Maybe they're going to think it's a joke. Maybe they're going to you know make some offhand comment. And when they do that, for me, it, it cost me 20 years. I, I could have been writing 20 years ago. So who knows what, where I would be now as far as my skill level and all that, but I wrote wrote a a story. I'm, I may go back and, and republish that, you know, some, someday. But it was something where I had, you know, wrote it, shared with somebody that I cared about, thought that, hey, this is going to be the story. And next thing I know, I get, you know, bad feedback. And and it was something that I was like, well, you know, it's just maybe I'm just writing is not for me. So I just put it down. Uh, and then, lo and behold, you know, COVID happened, and everybody's sitting at home. And instead of just, you know, binging out on lots of different, you know, online TV shows and stuff like that, I decided I'm going to go ahead and, and produce something. I'm not just going to sit on my couch and do nothing. And so, so the best advice I can give you is, is you know, you know, if somebody's giving you good advice or advice on your work, and it's you know. Uh, it's it's good criticism that's fine take it use it you know learn from it what have you but don't take it to heart In that you know because they're not you know, and unless you're talking to you know maybe Stephen King directly to say hey Stephen what what do you think of my new book you know it's it, it's something that you know they they have as much experience publishing books as you do so take take that for what it's worth
0: on that note just on that statement of listen to your first critic i want to challenge you a little bit here because you're an independent author as i've said numerous times in the first few minutes of the show but wouldn't be the fir- wouldn't the first critic be yourself wouldn't that first critic be yourself of, okay, is this good enough to even publish? Because I can, when I first started this show, and I know it's apples to oranges for comparing uh, writing to podcasts and uh, online shows. But when I first started the show, my harshest critic was myself because I always thought to myself, I, I, no, one's going to listen. No one's going to do anything. Why am I even doing this? So do you have to not listen to yourself in essence to say, okay, I need to just do it but I need to also listen to where my mind is going on this as well. Like, how did you balance that opportunity against knowing what you want to write compared to are you going to publish it? Because that's where I think a lot of people are concerned and a little bit more apprehensive to even start.
1: There's one right now that I've been trying to write for a while, but the reasons I'm, I'm hitting blocks on it is more because of the subject matter than than, than the actual writing ability at this time. It's, it's, it's about a serial killer told from the first person of the serial killer. And so where your head has to go for that, and then I'm, 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 I'm reading back some of the things going, wait a second, are people going to think this is me thinking this, you know, are they going to realize, you know, I had somebody, you know, ask about one of my books going, hey, is that this person? And I'm like, no, no, everybody's fictional. And and I, and I just, you know, you worry somewhat what people are going to think. So as far as for being your own credit, critic, yeah, you've got to get it out of your head when it comes to the writing. Uh, there are times to focus on editing and and being a critic of the work. There are times where you need to focus on marketing. And, and, and other things. So, but when it comes to the writing itself, you know, the best thing, the best advice I can give is, is figure out a pattern that works for you. Whether it's early in the morning, whether it's late at night, whether it's during your lunch break, what have you, where you're sitting down, you write. And, and for a while, I had a pretty good ritual of where, you know, hey, I have this type of beer beside me. I'm going to sip on this beer while, while I write and, and with, with certain music playing in the background. And that worked pretty well for, for a long time. Uh, it's something where those rituals may change depending on the book and stuff like that. But yeah, even, even with yourself, you have to get out of your head because you can't be thinking, oh, what if I say this? Uh, I've, I've got a, a friend and she writes poetry. But her poetry, it's Bailey G. Uh, I'm going to tell her to, to contact you for that for that, uh, the the show
0: month long so, series. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and she's got a, 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 a her latest book is called The Joys of Being Alive. And it's a poetic story of somebody of a, of a woman's journey through recovery. So she went through a whole lot of things in her life. And when she started writing him down and, write, you know, trying to write it in, 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 in poetic form, if you will, you know, when, when you're talking about, you know, deep subjects, suicide, things like that, there's a lot of things in that that, you know, you, you, you know I'm sure she was thinking twice about can I write this down, right? So, so, yeah, I think you have to get out of your own head when it comes to being a critic of your work at least on the first pass, right? First pass, you get the story done, you get it down, then you go back through and you say, okay, uh, oops, I I had a bad habit. I would skip from first person to third person, just at a whim, you know? And, 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 and now that I know what the persons are, I'm going, well, wait a second here. I want this whole thing to be in third person. I want it to be, you know, in the past tense because that's what most people like books to be. But when I'm first writing the book, it's hard to tell what tense it's going to be in. It's hard to tell what, 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 uh, whether it's going to be past tense, present tense, first person, third person, because I just want to get the story. I want to get the story out of my head as fast as possible so I don't forget anything. I, I hear it as the voices inside are telling it to me, if you will. And, and then once I get it down, I want to go back through and edit it and all that, which is editing is just a drag. And we can talk about that, too. But yeah, we, you have to get out of your own head.
0: Which we certainly will talk about that editing in a few minutes. But I want to stick to that first initial thought process of pen to paper, fingers to keyboard, however you want to put it. Because I hear over and over again from people who have said, oh, I want to start a book. I want to start writing a book. I want to, I want to do this, that, and the other. And then they, then they say the initial follow-up is, I want to start a book, but all the good ideas are taken. <laughs> all the good ideas are taken, and it's never going to be an original story because there's no such thing as originality right now. Which I would say I disagree if you read David David's books, which you can win one, which we'll be talking about later on. Mm-hmm. I would highly suggest that um, there are original ideas out there. It's how you put your spin on it. Yes, for the independent authors, and I know you do run a run roundtable with independent authors on a podcast, which we'll plug here in a few seconds. Awesome. Uh, how how hard is it for independent authors to come up with a not not an original idea, but a unique idea that is their own?
1: For me, it wasn't it, it wasn't difficult because you know. I I had the perfect childhood for a horror author, right? Yeah. Every day after school. Which if you
0: haven't listened to our first episode with David, I would highly recommend you go back because you will learn how weird of a childhood David actually had.
1: But anyway, (laughs) go ahead, David. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, watching horror stories after, after school, watching Dark Shadows, you know, watching horror movies on the weekend, stuff like that so all of that you know i i pull from the different areas uh but even even that you want to make a unique story so my latest book it's it's a zombie story so i mean that's been told over and over again i'm not sure which season of the walking dead that, that, that we're on now as far as that goes but that genre is 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 very tapped if you will But the good thing is people want that. People enjoy that genre. In fact, you know, the reason I call this one a love story more than anything else is because it was sort of my payback for all of the zombie stories that I loved. right? (laughs) that's that's why the title is is what it is, is is I'm wanting to pay back. So when I was writing it, one of the things I, I made sure of is that things were unique in mine as far as for how I covered the zombies, uh, one friend of mine, he, he pointed out, he goes, your book actually made me think of what I would do in some of those situations. He goes, I like to think I'm a good person, but you know, given these things happen to this individual, would they make the right choice? Or would they be selfish? Would they do what have you? Uh, you know, I don't wanna give anything away out of the book, but there are certain circumstances that you know we'd like to think that we'd be good people, but I'll be honest, if it was my family that I was trying to save, I'm going to be a good person to my family <laughs> other than that yeah i like to think that i would do the right thing but i can't guarantee it you know, not not on the first first blush right um so so yeah so i think that an independent author can find unique things uh there's an old saying that everybody has a story to tell right it's just you know does anybody want to listen to it or pay for it <laughs> yeah that's, that's the problem but uh but yeah, I think you can find something that's, that's unique to you. Uh, the other thing is, you know, for me, horror was just what I wanted to write. You know, as far as things go, I didn't, I didn't have to think about it because I had the horror story in my head for years before I started writing horror. And, and but for others, if you're just thinking, hey, I want to write, but I'm not sure what type of stories I want to write, look on you know Amazon's reports see what are the you know see if there's any genres that are open that aren't being served and pick one of those uh I've got another friend who uh he writes uh uh Russian uh fiction but it's from like the 1937 I think is what it was it's called Stalin's Door and and it's it's a great you know great fictionalized thriller if you would uh of, of that time, which Stalin, you know, was a very, very dangerous and evil person as, as far as things go. But he picked that genre, and, and I think he's doing very well in it. So, again, it's something that for you, you know, being new, if, if you like Westerns, hey, Westerns right now, I think, are being underserved because, you know, there's not as many people out there writing Westerns, but you have some very popular TV shows that are westerns so how we you know if I was starting out today I might consider writing a western just for the fun of
0: it so I want I want to go back to the roundtable that you moderate and you also uh, you, you give advice to authors as well and you mm-hmm. let other people come on and talk about their books one area I, I want to know from your discussion with other independent authors and that's not just from this year that's not since the start but since you've been doing this, What is the, how hard, actually, do I want to say how hard? I'll ask the question, then you can try to answer it in the way that you want to, whatever way you want. But the conception of a story is the first, the biggest part of any, the writing process, I would assume. Getting the idea and starting the process, the actual conception of the idea and putting it down on paper is probably one of the hardest ideas because you need to, like I'm not sure with you or with your roundtable group that you have, but I storyboard everything. I've storyboard over the last three months of how this show is progressing, where I wanted to go, what like certain weeks, certain months, and now I know that June's going to be independent author month. So I storyboard how things are going to be laid out. For an independent author, and I think in, in any sense, any author. Is that one of the I know you say the first thing is you got to listen to your first critics, but after you listen to your first critics and even before you give it to your first critics
1: actually actually I said don't listen to your first
0: not don't, dont don't listen to your first don't critics because
1: don't. they're gonna be they're gonna be too harsh and and all that. so yeah so you oh you know, I apologize yeah, no I, I, yeah I just want to make sure it's 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 one of <laughs> you can take their advice but don't take it to heart. Right. Don't funny. let it stop you from producing because somebody said, oh, look, you misspelled everything. <laughs> it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you try and write a book and spell everything right. Exactly, exactly. But I want to talk about conception. Because yes. the concep- Not like immaculate conception, but conception of the actual the, the story and how it's going to progress. Now, every author is going to be differently. Some uh, some will start the story and just write it and see where it takes you. And uh, you've said numerous times on our show that you, that's how you do it. You start out and you don't know how it's going to end. You don't know who's going to die sometimes. And sometimes you're like, oh, sorry, your dad didn't plan that out, but now you are. So yeah. is it better to do it that way? And I know you're going to say everyone has their own different opinions, but let's let's talk about you and what you hear. Is the overwhelming opinion that to write out an actual synopsis before you write the actual book a better idea, or so you can understand where you want to go, or like you, write it and see where it takes you. Which one do you see more independent authors doing? That was a long-winded question to ask. I I like the question.
1: (laughs) I like the question. So, so I did a lot of research. So, so it was one where when I wrote the first book, that just came to me. It it came to me as I was writing it because it was, you know, based on a childhood event and all all of that. Uh, So it was something that I'd had in my head for a long time. So that one was one where that was just pure organic. No, you know, I, I did research, but I'd already researched the topic before. It was shadow people, but I, I'd researched the topic before just for fun. So I, you know, I consider myself a, an expert on shadow people. If, if if anybody needs one, you know, but <laughs> so but it, it's something where I didn't have to do a lot of that research. But when it came to the story, it was one where I just started writing. And I did not storyboard, I did not do an outline or anything. So, so then w- during the editing process with that one, you know, my, my cousin who was my editor, Megan, she's, she's wonderful. She said, uh, she was like, well, you know, I'd really love to know a little bit more about this character. So I'm like, you know, that's a great idea. So I, I actually added a, a, a chapter on that, on that character and thought it worked out pretty well and, and fit. But it was something where that came about simply because of some prodding from from her. Uh, but as far as for the story itself, it was just again, it was just organic, just just you know, start start typing and you're done. And and I was getting about one to two chapters a night at the time. So that was huge. I was, I was very, very so, Is that a win?
0: Just- is that a win to some authors? Like to me, I would assume like getting a page out would be like, holy crap, I got a page. I'm so happy right now. I'm going to stop. I go away for a weekend. <laughs> that took a lot out of me. But for you and for a lot of authors, is Two like a chapter or two chapters like a massive win when it comes to sitting yeah, down yeah. and writing.
1: It's it, it's one where for 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 me on average I was getting a chapter a night when when thing, with that story I was getting a chapter to to a night in my other books I was getting a chapter a night uh and and that was that, that was huge uh now in the serial killer story i'm spending you know 45 minutes to to an hour going okay what's the title of this chapter going to be right? and, and 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 so it's not flowing out as well in fact it may be one that i put down and pick up something else right just so i can say hey you know i know i've got you know i've got eight chapters done but i've got to get i've got to get more so and i'm just you know Again, it's it's one where it may, may be where somebody publishes it after I croak. Um, so but for me, the second book was where I started doing a lot of research to figure out, okay, now that I've got one published, how am I supposed to do this? Right? What comes next? And and as part of that, you know, a lot of the research I did did say that you should follow an outline, that you should create an outline. They even talk about following, you know, if it's a you know supernatural or or uh you know, science fiction book to follow sort of a hero arc, right? Where, hey, you're going to have, this is going to happen. Then, you know, we set up the, what the problem is. You know, we introduce the character so you care about them. We set up the problem. We, we have something bad happen. We we let them solve it a little bit. Then we have something bad happen again. You know, that sort of arc. And so, if you follow that arc, that's what people are used to reading in stories, and that seems to do very well because they're, they're selling a lot. Uh, but that's how you're supposed to do it. Uh, for, for me, people I've talked to, most of them do outlines on their stories. I don't know that they're necessarily following those specific arcs, but they do outlines. Whereas for me, I still have not been able to outline a book for the life of me. Uh, and And part of that is if I know the ending, I'm not going to read it. If you tell me the ending of a book, I won't read it. So, so, so it's the same way for writing it. If I know what's going to happen, then then, I, then I'm done. So, so I have to write the way I do.
0: I want to take a quick break because we have to we have sponsors and we got to make sure we plug those advertisers in. Um, we'll be right back after this quick message. Uh, we will be back with David when we talk about three topics: one, writer's block. What do you do? Two, character development. And three, pitfalls that you should not run into when self-publishing. So we'll be right back after this quick message from our great sponsors. Come celebrate Calgary's favorite cocktail. Calgary Caesar Fest is taking place on May 19th and 20th, right here in the birthplace of Canada's official national cocktail. As listeners and viewers of the cross border interviews with Chris Brown, you will receive 20% off your tickets when you use the promo code CBI Caesars. That's C B I Caesars, all one word. Just visit CalgaryCaesarFest.com and get your tickets today. Welcome back. Uh, if you totally missed that great commercial, I would highly recommend you rewind 30 seconds and follow along because we have a great event coming up here in Calgary, the YY Caesar Fest, home of the great cocktail Caesars is coming to Calgary, coming back to Calgary, I should say. So get your tickets now, use the promo code, like the commercial said, and you can get your 20% off. Uh, We are here again with David, uh, independent author. We are talking about independent authorship for our future segment on the show, where we're going to be sitting down for a month long series on independent authors here in Canada and across the United States. David, I want to talk about writer's block because you you talked about it a little bit when you were talking about your uh, serial killer uh, yes. book that you're writing and how it takes you about 45 minutes to an hour just to even come up with a uh, chapter title. But how uh, with with a publishing company? you have a publisher who is backing you and saying you need to do this, you have the time frame. As an independent author, writer's block must come a little bit harder because you're not on any particular timeline because you are self-publishing everything. So how hard is it for independent authors to overcome writer's block when they are not pigeonholed by a publishing company that is demanding certain things by certain times?
1: Yeah, so so I think the you know number one, if there's any publishing companies, yes, I would accept deals. So just <laughs> just kind of, yeah, I, I, I'm an independent author because I I'm also one that uh, you know I, I don't want to go through the whole query process, right? And and you know I see all of these different independent authors out there and just authors, not even independent, who are wanting to get their books published in the traditional fashion. And just to hear the heartache in their voice about, well, I sent out 500, you know, letters and, and I, I got one response back that said, you know, that they might consider it in three years or something like that. So here you are working on your, your, your masterpiece and, and, and you're not getting any, anything back. That to me is just a, you know, no, just, 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 just go ahead and you know, shoot me in the head or something like that instead. Uh, but again, if there's any out there that just want to publish, sure, give, give me a call. Uh, as far as his details write,
0: are in the show notes, everyone. Exactly. For those publishers who are listening, show notes. Okay.
1: And, and also Netflix, you want to make a movie, one of the movies. It's all it's all good. Uh, no, it's uh, I myself, I'm in a little bit different position from other end or some independent authors, and in that for me, it's one that yes, if I make money, I'm very happy. But I have a full-time job that I love, and it's something that you know. Even if I, I I've told my boss before, even if I win the lottery someday, I'm probably going to still keep doing the job because I love it. It's just you know, I we, it's accessibility, and we help people with disabilities get access to websites. Very rewarding career choice that that I have, and, and I love it. So so I'm in a different position, as far as for. Other independent authors, you know, when you when you hit those writing block things and, you know, while you may not have a, a, a publisher behind you saying, hey, you have to get past this, you have to get this out, or you might not have a good support system. You might be writing something and everybody that you've talked to said, oh, you, why are you wasting your time writing? You know, why aren't you hanging out with us at, at the bar on Saturday nights? What do you mean you're out there, you're, you're, you're writing, you're trying to better yourself? it's the same people that when you start going to the gym the first thing they tell you is oh well, don't don't go in there and get hurt i've heard people get hurt when they go to the gym it's like yeah they also get in shape and they lose weight too but yes you know sometimes they do get hurt that's um, where you
0: have to go to lose weight damn it that means i have
1: to go buy a membership oh, <laughs> oh exactly yeah it's, it's crazy so so when it comes to the writer's block the the biggest thing that i found that helps me uh is to Again, try to get out of your head, right? It's it's one of, you know, figure out what it is that's causing that, right? So, for me, I know specifically what it is. It's the book I'm writing, if I ever finish it, is going to be horrible in some of the scenes that people are going to read. And they're going to just, you not, know. Not
0: horrible that. bad people, for those who are listening <laughs> right now. Not yeah. horrible like, oh, God, this is a horrible read. Horrible in, as in is a horror author (laughs)
1: exactly exactly you're you're gonna read this and you're gonna like it at first and the the premise of the story is that it's it's somebody who slowly becomes a serial killer so you know the first couple people that that he, he he may kill you know may deserve it and you're like yeah good for him i would have did that same thing and then, but the person likes it after a while, and, and it's like, you know, this is kind of fun, and, and the police are chasing me, but they can't find me. So, so, so anyway, it's, uh, it's something where, number one, you have to get out of your own head. So for me, for this one, I'm most likely going to go ahead and work on the next book. I'm going to put this on the shelf, work on the next book, uh, you know, come up with the topic first, right, because that, that's always the biggest thing, but work on the next one. Uh, as far as for if you you know, can't do that, right, you can't put this one down for a little bit, but you still need to work on it, then I would say change your habits a little bit around writing. If it's something where you've got, you know, hey, you've got your pattern of music you play, you've got the where you set the lights and all that good stuff. Hey, change that, you know, right in the daytime, right, right in the afternoon, right at night, whatever, whatever your current pattern is, that's part of your block as well. So switch that up a little bit, play different music. I actually have a playlist for every book that I've done. That's a different playlist and it gets me in, in the mood for that story. So some of those things may, may help. The other is, you know, have like if you're using Microsoft Word, it'll read things out loud to you now. Uh, there's other add-ons you can get for Google Docs and things like that. that will do the same thing. Listen to your story. And, and see if that helps you think of where it should go next would be what, what I would say. Uh, and then finally, if it was me and it was, it was a specific chapter, or specific event, and you did storyboard or you do have it in an outline form, I would skip that chapter and go to the next and come back to it. So those would be things that I would try uh, if it wasn't just your mind doesn't want you to go there. You know, if, if, and and some people like, you know, for, for people who are writing, you know, nonfiction and writing about true events and things like that, I can very well see where your mind may not want to go to a certain event that happened to you in your past, but if so, go to the next chapter and then come back, you know, that, that, that's what I would advise.
0: I'm very much a chronological order type of person. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that everyone out there in the world who's listening to this, who's a potential independent author, is going to be the exact same thing as me. But I have to do things point like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, and so on and so forth until Z. You're saying, and I, and I just want to clarify here, are you saying that like you go A, B, okay, C is not really making sense right now, so I'll skip to D? How do you do that, though? How do you how do you progress a story? Because I'm assuming I'm reading a book. I'm reading a book from point A to point B, uh, point A to point Z. I'm not reading chapter one, two, and then I'm thinking, okay, maybe the author skipped <laughs> over chapter three. I'm going right. to read chapter seven now, maybe six later. Like I'm going, I'm, I'm hearkening back to like the Dungeons and Dragons books of the 1980s, where you could choose your own adventure. Those, those would actually pretty fun. Uh. <laughs> I agree. I'm just assuming. <laughs> Is it harder, though, when you have to skip a chapter as an author to say, okay, A, B, and then maybe D, okay, I'll try C again, oh. but maybe not. But let's go on to E then. Like, is it harder to do it that way? like just- oh,
1: it, it, it definitely would be. I mean, now for me, with where I'm the type of person that I have to write it you know straight through, I can't skip to that chapter. So I did say on that one that if you are somebody that storyboards or if you're somebody that takes and writes an outline – then for that, I would think you should be able to skip to another chapter because you know. Do you know authors who do that? Uh, I don't know authors who do that, but that's what I would do. Because if you think about it, if you're outlining it, I'm going to know who's going to make it through each chapter, (laughs) and I'm going to know where they're going to end up at the end of the chapter because I've already got the outline of what's going to happen in the next chapter. So my goal of getting them through this chapter is to get them into the next chapter. So yeah. that's where I think I would do that as far as for skipping chapters, uh, just an idea, right? And again, that only works if you're the outline format type. For me, I have to write from A to, to, to Z and, 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 and go at it that way. I can't skip around, right? Uh, there might be some things I could skip as far as if I would, if I knew I had to tell somebody's backstory or something like that then I think I could have done that as well. In fact, in my latest book, you know, The Librarian Scene, right, I I wrote that early on just because I knew it was going to be a fun scene, so that was actually one I wrote out of order because he was a one-off character, right? He wasn't critical to the rest of the story.
0: I'm just going to pause you there for a second. Dis- I love how you talk about horror, like killing people, zombies, like death. Like, this is a fun scene. Like, most <laughs> of are like, I love candy. You're like, I love death, man. I just can't wait to kill that librarian. Yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> believe me. I You know, it's, you know, that that guy in the story, and, and of course, the, the audiobook version of it, uh, he does such a good job with that character being the type of person that you know you want to die. You know, everybody listening is like, gonna be like, I want that guy to die just because I hate their voice. Uh, so, so for me, you know, it, it's one of, you know, again, I, I, you know, right now I'm stuck more because of the subject matter than anything else. And and so the solution to that for me is actually gonna be write something else and then come back to it uh, is, is, is where I'm going. Uh, I've even started looking at my fourth book in the series for Keeping the Light that is, is not even with my editor yet, where I may actually make that a full novel and not do it as a novella. So it's about 35,000 words right now. In order to be a novel, it's got to be 40,000. And there's a lot of expansion I can do on that char- on those characters. So I am going back through that one to see about Yeah, that, and that's also a fun one. It's a haunted house. It's a haunted house with kids, right? How how can it not be fun, right? And
0: uh, I'm just gonna say that I've listened to, I think, all three of your books so far. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I think I, I think I listened to the second one. My brain is a little scattered brain right now, but yes, I'm gonna say I've listened to all three. You know how to write death. You can write 5,000 words on one person dying, and it would be a good day for you, okay? So let's be honest. You will make your fourth book a novel, and it will be – there will be just one random chapter where it's just, hey, someone dies. Here's 5,000 words on someone dying.
1: <laughs> now, that one actually – there's there's one scene in that one that, 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 that got me. I mean, it was one where where I'm, I, you know, as I said, I write these things as they come to me, right? I'm not saying I'm hearing voices or anything like that because I don't want the men in white coats to come by and get me. Uh, I don't know if they come to your house anymore like they used to, but yeah, I, don't, I don't want that happening. Uh, so for me, it's one w- where I wrote this one scene and I'm like going, man, I'm like, I just, I can't believe that it went there, but that's where it had to go to set up the main character's sort of lifelong event that's gonna drive them and all this sort of stuff, this had to happen. And and there are some things that you have to think about as as an author, and it's not a dog. I'm I'm gonna say that right out loud right now, so nobody says, I'm not gonna buy your book because you kill a dog. But there are certain things you have to be careful of, in, in doing so, if you have a dog in your story and that dog dies, you better make sure that there's a payoff for the reader because of that, or they're going to think more on the fact that this dog died than anything else. That uh, I don't know, did you ever watch that show 24? Uh, I watched, like, the first few
0: episodes. Sure. I, the only reason I had to watch is because Kiefer Sutherland, he's Canadian. <laughs> God bless the
1: Canadians. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was a character in there named Edgar. And this, mo- this show's been a- off the air for 20 years, so I can't think that I'm going to have a spoiler. But anyway, they, they Edgar dies. And afterwards, they they called it the Edgar effect because of how much the fans hated the fact that they killed this minor character, who you wouldn't have even thought anybody would have cared about, but they did. So when it comes to, to to my books, I make sure that the people that are dying, there's a payoff and a reason. So when I say I like to kill everybody in my books, yeah, but there's going to be a good reason why they die. Now maybe it's just wrong place, wrong time, but that's still a, a reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh i
0: was going to talk about uh character development but yes. i think we've we've talked about that a little bit in this last few minutes yeah. but let's be honest i will be the i will i will reiterate what david just said do not kill puppies unless there's payoff and by payoff i mean the person who kills them dies a horrible horrible death yeah. so if you kill a dog i will come for you if i'm reading a book and there's no payoff at the end of the book
1: yes yes the more you know chris brown (laughs) (laughs) and and the other thing i will say one thing on character development if you have to make characters that people care about and they either care about them in a good way or they care about them in a negative way so when it comes to the characters that you're creating you have to bring them to life right if if this is going to be somebody that's 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 pivotal to the main character you, know, you have to make them pivotable to the to the person reading it to say wait i you know I, I could see why they would do that now because i loved little johnny or whatever his name was and 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 go from there so so that's one that uh the yeah you, know, you have to make you have to make characters believable in the genre right so you know if it's a supernatural story or something like that you, you've got a little leeway and things like that but if it's a you know if it's a straight you know hey if it's a western you know you're not going to have the guy fly through the air, right? You know, you're not going to have them jump 90 feet. You're going to have them jump, you know, six feet, whatever whatever the average distance at the time is. So you need to make your characters believable in the genre and somebody that people care that they lived or died. So no,
0: I appreciate you talking about that. I want to talk now though about the pitfalls. Yes. Because independent I'm an independent podcaster, I'm an independent journalist. I I get the crazy random messages on social media all the time. Hey Give us money and we'll totally promote yeah. your book. Or, hey, we can get you 9,000 followers on social media. And then you look at their account and they have like 10 followers. And you go, well, when you can show me that you've actually done it yourself, maybe I'll have that conversation. I can imagine as an author, it probably gets even more harsh when you get more people giving feedback and more people reaching out to you saying, if you help, if we will totally help you publish, we'll do all that. And we'll do it for a nominal fee of X thousand dollars. So what are the pitfalls that you write up right off the bat for an independent author who is get again, pen to paper, fingers to keyboard. What would you tell them to watch
1: out for? Well, the first thing is don't spend money. You don't have. Uh, somebody told me today, and it was a quote from somebody else, but I have no idea who the person was because they didn't. Uh, but they said a lot of these scams and a lot of these services, the only person that they've sold anything to is you, right? <laughs> yeah, you've bought that service from them and they've sold you. Now, they, they may or may not do what they said they're going to do, and they may be able to show that they, that they did it. You know, one of the ones I tried once was on Fiverr, uh, you know, for $10, we'll market your book to 500 bazillion people or something like that. And we'll send you a report from it. So I was like, hey, it's, it's, it's worth $10, I'll try it, right? I, I can you know, quit soda for a week or something like that. And so, so I did that, but the report I got back was very interesting. It showed where they had posted my book link on a dozen or so Facebook groups And of those different Facebook groups, some of them had 100,000 members. And a lot of those groups were were posting, you know, 50 to 100 posts per hour. So the only way that somebody would have seen my book would have been if they were watching the screen right when that person hit post. So it's not like people are searching Facebook for those. Uh, so, So that's one that, you know, there are, you know, there are probably legitimate ones that can help you that way. But the ones I've found so far, you know, are just, you know, purely, you know, scams on who they're who they're doing it to. Well,
0: how do you how do you how do you weed out those? Because I, I agree with you. There's a lot of that lot of shitty ones. And I'll be blunt when I say that. There's a lot of shitty people out there right now who are just looking for a quick buck, $10, $15. Like you said, they'll post it on a Facebook page that has 5000 so on and so forth. They'll post it. Then 10 seconds later, they'll post the other person who paid $10 as well. Yes. But there are people out there, and let's be honest, there are people out there who are good at what they do, and they do cost a little bit of money. So. While you might not have dealt with the good ones yet, or if you have, this, this is the time when we talk about it, how do, you, how do you guarantee yourself that what you're investing, because as an independent person, you don't have much money because there's not a lot sure. coming in. So how do you balance that out? How do you ensure the money you're putting out is going to return to you? So what is that, what is that balance for you? And as an independent author, what should that balance be for people?
1: Yeah, you have to figure out what the cost per unit is, if you will, so, so the cost per sale. So that one where I spent $10, what I did during that was I said, okay, during this period of time, I'm not going to do any other marketing, right? I'm not going to. In fact, I slowed up how much I was posting on Twitter and Facebook myself, just to see, to give them a chance. The number of sales were exactly zero during that time period, so so that to me was one that hey that was that was a failure. Uh, in fact, a couple of them that I had talked to first, I told them I was going to do that, and they said, well, we're not the right right company for you because we don't guarantee results. And I'm like, I'm not asking for a guarantee. I'm just wanting to be able to track the results myself. And, and make sure that that, that we're, we're comparing things for, for later books, what have you. Um, so so my biggest thing is on any of those, you're going to want to check, you know, and talk to them. There's Fiverr tools and there's several others. You know, they have it where you can talk to the person, find out you know information about them, find out if they if they have a success rate and things like that. But for the most part, the ones you're posting on Facebook and Twitter, that's just going to go through the wayside. Now, there may be some other social medias that you might want to try. Like there's this very interesting guy on TikTok who will hold your book or whatever up that you want. And he'll he'll give a shout-out to it while he's standing in the shower. And it's from the chest up, but he's like, he's, you know, a Scottish guy, and it's just funny, some of the stuff. So if you can get something like that that goes viral, that may you know, save you a lot. There's that book talk thing where people are you know talking about their books and things like that on TikTok that, that do pretty well. Uh, so those are things you can do. Uh, as far as for me on Fiverr, uh, one of the people I found uh, was somebody to write a press release for me and also publish the press release for for my second book because it was something that I had no idea how to do. You have to register for a service. You have to have it in a certain format and all of that. And plus, I can write my books. But I can't write copy about the books that is exciting, right? I'm I'm writing, you know, I, I'm wanting to tell, and, and then this gory thing happened here in the press release, which is not how you want to have a press release. Uh, so I was very impressed with the person that did the press release. Uh, but as far as other services from them, you know, the big thing is just be careful what you're what you're asking for. I've even seen some things where where I really like it. I will write and 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 publish. Your best-selling book. So, in other words, they're going to write a book for you based on a topic that you tell them, and they're going to make it a bestseller, <laughs> and they're going to do that for fifty bucks. So, I don't, uh, I don't think that's a real one, <laughs> yeah. but, but there is a post out there like that, and I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, just today, I had a company contact me. And, and I won't give them a shout out because I don't want anybody using them. And, but it was an editorial service, and they wanted to know about if I wanted to have my book available in print inside of other stores. So right now, you can only get my books through Amazon. And I'm like, yeah, it would be great to have them available at Barnes & Noble, whomever, you know, it would be, it'd be a wonderful thing. And, and so I, I looked at it, and their website is very, it doesn't tell you a lot of information on the process. So I called the guy back and said, Hey, you know, send me information. I get it back and it's a price sheet on what they would charge for different editorial services, what they would charge for marketing services and all of this thing, all of this stuff where it was looking like a publishing company was contacting me, but the reality was it was somebody wanting me to pay them to do the publishing tasks and. That's just not where where I'm at now. If somebody could afford it and and all of that good stuff, it may be worth doing. But for me, it just seemed like yet another way to scam an independent author out of money. So so that's why you know I'm not going to plug them.
0: We 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 try to believe people lot, yes. and I know that's a hard concept in today's society. But we try to believe people, and there are people who do fall for these. Uh, got you quick, quick, uh, get rich, quick uh, schemes that are out there in your groups, in your conversations. What is the outcome of a bad experience with these? Does it make people want to stop publishing when they do get bamboozled into this get rich quick? scheme. And I, and I, I say that, I try to say this as nicely as possible, but like if I got fucked over, pardon my French, uh, because someone I took advantage of me, whether they said, hey, we can help you publish, and I didn't do my research, which I would always suggest everyone do, it would probably stop me from doing a few things.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why you have to do the research. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody who's not publishing because of it. But one of the other things that I don't Have you ever heard of anyone getting bamboozled? I've heard of people, uh, somebody recently had their book stolen through the, uh, somebody contacted Amazon and said, this book is my work. And so they actually pulled all of this person's work off of Amazon. So here's an independent author, all your stuff's pulled off and they had to go in and prove that they wrote the original work because they had not filed for a copyright. So one of the things that you should do, it, there is a cost to it, and there's no benefit other than somebody not stealing your work. But if you are going to publish something independently, you should go to, to the copyright office for your country. I'm, you know Different countries are going to have different ones. And you should file for a copyright on it so that nobody steals your work. Uh, because that's something that you know—it's you basically sign up for it and say, "Here's here's my information, here's 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 the book," and then they they you know you pay your thirty dollars whatever it is and they send back you know a, a certificate saying, "Hey, you're now registered." Uh, so that's the only scam I've heard somebody that you know that admitted to being you know scammed. Now I don't know how the person got the original document, you know, if they had uh, sent out, like, to different, you know, some people send out on Twitter and Facebook and other things, hey, would you like to review my book, and they send it to them in a Word document format. So that's very easily could have happened in this case. I, I don't know for sure, but the person sent out, you know, convinced Amazon that they owned the book. And so the person had to prove that they didn't, which was pretty
0: when in that situation, please, 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 please make it a PDF, put a watermark on that shit, and make sure that no one can actually steal your work. I know it might take a little bit longer. Reach out to David, reach out to myself. We will help happily walk you through that process, I'm assuming.
1: But <laughs> exactly. Uh,
0: Um, I do. We do need to take another quick break uh, and then we'll back for the last few minutes and where we're going to talk about one last thing. And then we have to wrap up here because I double booked myself tonight for some strange reason. (laughs) Uh, Well, today, I mean, I've totally not double booked myself. Uh, We'll be right back after this quick (laughs) brief message. fans unite. The Cross Border Interviews with Chris Brown is pleased to offer a free audible copy of David Mercer's newest book, Living Death, A Love Story. The book is about Nick, who having suffered the horrible loss of his wife, plays the hero and rescues Jenny from her abusive boyfriend. Deciding that he has one last adventure in him, he invites her on a cross country road trip. Little did they know that the world, as they knew it, was ending. Visit crossborderinterviews.ca to enter into the draw. Simply tell us your favorite horror film by April 14th and be entered. Welcome back. Um, for those totally who would listen to that 30 second commercial, which everyone did because I know how amazing our commercials are. Um, that commercial break was brought to you by... This man himself, David Mercer, whose book Living Death is giving we're giving away a free Audible copy it tomorrow. You have until tomorrow at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time to enter into the draw to receive a free audible copy. We have a lot of submissions. All you have to do is go to our website. Link will be in the show notes and submit your favorite. Horror film. So, but before we talk about that a little bit further, I want to just talk to uh, to David about one last topic, and that is programming, 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 programming. Again, um, like I said, like we said in the uh, the pitfalls. There's a lot of people out there who will try to sell you a lot of different things for a lot of different prices and programming is one of them. Uh, I can tell you on about all my fingers and all my toes, how many conversations that get started on Instagram of, Hey, you're a podcaster. We could totally sell you this $199 program that will make your life. Amazing. It will bring your audio to the next level. I'm like, well, people seem to be listening already. So go shove a duck. But, David, as an independent author, what advice, what programs would you recommend to people? And please note, we are not saying that you should should go out today and get these programs. We're just saying these are the recommendations that David are giving. So, David, what programs would you recommend that independent authors get
1: or use? Well, for the first thing, if if they want our premier advice, they're going to send each of us a check for $75,000. So if you send us a check, we'll give you some better advice. Now, <laughs>
0: and if you send us a check for $100,000, we will promote it on your this show. We will yes. read the book. We will publish it ourselves. Under now, our I'll wear mix. a T-shirt.
1: I'll wear a T-shirt that has your book cover on. <laughs>
0: there, there you go. You heard it here first. Hundred thousands are basking price, guys. Anyway, uh, go ahead, David. Yeah.
1: So so the big thing on software and and programming is you know, know your budget, right? So you can do a lot with Google Docs for free. Now, one thing to note, if for some reason you lose access to your Google Docs account because Gmail is a free service, it's gone. It's it's history. So if you don't have the backups and all that good fun stuff, it's gone. I myself actually pay for Google Docs for that very reason. So it's not going to just go away. Uh, for me, I do my editing in Microsoft Word. And the main reason I do it that way is I needed to buy it because my daughter's in college and she had to do some of her stuff in Microsoft Word. So I just bought the family pack. Um, so if you have the option to use Word, great. It's a great program. If not, you know, look at OpenOffice. It's an excellent tool if you're going to be publishing in Amazon anyway, you're going to be using their KDP application to convert it from, you know, OpenOffice can export as Word, and you're going to be using it to convert that into the KDP format to, to import there. Uh, so if you've got, you know, if you've got the money for Word, it's a great program to have. If not, use OpenOffice, it's totally free. Same way is for editing type tools, Grammarly has a great free service. They also have a pay service. So depending on your budget, those are two things. Uh, Yes, there are pieces of software for screenwriting and all this other kinds of stuff. I've tried the trials out of those. There's even some that do the storyboarding for you. And for me, I'm not a storyboarder, so I got no value out of those whatsoever. And plus, they were also a couple hundred dollars. So again, I would go if, if I was starting today, I would go with the free Go with, go with Google Docs or Open Office, and, and, and you would be good to go uh, to, to get the, the work done, right? And then after that, yes, you can use other tools and things like that, but, but at least to get started. And then for photo editing, I use the Gimp. It's free. It's, uh, it's similar to Photoshop, it has a lot of the same abilities. There are a couple if you're going to have printing that you're doing in a, at a printing press that are easier to do with Adobe. But compared to the couple hundred dollar cost versus free, and since I'm only published on Amazon, the GIMP works fine for me.
0: That is great advice. I can tell you that Grammarly, while they are not a sponsor of the show, but if they want to, they can totally contact us. They should. Have. We we uh, we started using Grammarly on a regular basis, and I can tell you, it's been night and day with them. And I would highly recommend even just getting their free service. It does actually help out a lot, and you realize how many red squiggly lines you actually do do you do type on a regular basis. Um, so, like uh, David said know your budget. And I think that's, I think that's a good concept for a lot of people, for a lot of people who are listening to this, who may not be authors, know your budget. Don't, don't spend it inside your budget. I know that's a weird concept and I'm going to go talk to a politician here in a few minutes, but <laughs> know your budget, know your budget and play within it. Don't spend more than you have. It's a weird concept, but it is what it is. Um,
1: Actually, I, real, quick, real quick to interrupt. I, I, I read something recently that said that most independent authors only sell 250 books in their lifetime. And that included free as well as pay books as far as for like if you're doing Kindle and things like that. So when you're talking about money that you're spending, you know, unless you hit it big, which you 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 very well could be the person that hits it big, don't get me wrong. But if you're talking at the end of the day that you're only (laughs) selling 250 books, that you're making 50 cents a piece on them, then that's very easy math to figure out what your budget is. So, so just, you know, go, go that way when it comes to it.
0: Through that. So with that, I want to bring us around to our final conversation piece and that is the free audible copy of living death. And David is about to pop the book up here. So that way, that book right there, we have been running a contest for the last I want to say almost a month now, probably just over a month since March 17th. It ends April 14th at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So that's 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where I will be drawing. So go to our website. Links will be in the show notes where you can type in your favorite horror film. And I can tell you there are some choices.
1: Nice, (laughs) nice.
0: There are some, why do you think that's a horror film? There are some
1: (laughs) terms of endearment. I'm sorry.
0: That's a musical. That is not a horror film. I don't care who you are. If you put in little shop of horrors, I I understand horrors in the name. It's a musical. If Steve Martin is singing, it's a musical, Um, but go on. You can get a free copy. We'll be doing the draw. We'll be announcing the winner on Monday, the 20th. April, whatever the Monday is after the 14th. So 15, 16, 17, 18th of uh, April, we will be announcing the winner of that draw. It will be published on social media as well. And then those movies that have been submitted, David and I are going to sit down for our upcoming Halloween episode in October. I know it's April, but in October, we will talk about those horror films. We'll take the best of the best. We'll take the worst of the worst. And we'll take the one that I went, huh? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but if you put in The Wicker Man with Nicholas Gage, which one person did, choices,
1: choices. Yeah, and and uh, Human Centipede, I am not going to watch. Just going to let you know that. Uh, I you know, The concept of it, I know, and uh, that's enough for me to think about the concept of it as far as that goes. Uh, but the others, uh, we, we, we will, you know, uh, we will subject ourselves to trying to watch those and see how far we can get in in whichever top ones we pick. Uh, there could be a fast forward meter where it's, hey, you know, we fast forwarded this hour and 15 minute movie, an hour and nine minutes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> We saw the credits. The credits were good.
0: (laughs) One movie I want to ask about, because it it was one of the first that came in, and I was trying to figure out if this was actually a horror film or not. Do you consider Flatliners a horror film?
1: Oh, yes. Do you actually? That would be a... I thought it would be more of a suspense thriller. And well it could be a supernatural thriller that's th- that's that's how amazon keeps rating me supernatural <laughs> thrillers versus horror. and i'm like okay what do i gotta do, kill more people uh but that was one that uh I would accept that as a horror movie.
0: So you heard it here first. If you submit a suspenseful movie that is considered by suspense by Amazon, we will accept it. But if you. Supernatural. 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 That's true.
1: But if you put in Barbarella, maybe not. (laughs) Well, and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, is that horror or is that a love story?
0: Let's, let's Rosemary's uh-huh. Baby. Let's let's do it. Let's. Hey, I carry. That's just you know, going to yeah, prom. Yeah, but prom. give give us your like cult classic people because I would love to hear. I I like seeing when they come in. Uh, David has not seen the full list yet. I'm going to send it to him tomorrow, oh. and then uh, well uh, on the 14th, which is tomorrow as of this is airing, on the 14th he's going to get the entire list, and we're going to go through and we're going to pick out our. Favorite horror film and maybe it's probably gonna be a single and there's a lot of duplicates, but if there's duplicates, we're gonna put those duplicates in a hat and we're gonna pick that hat
1: out of the name of the hat. Um, David, thank you so much
0: for doing this once again.
1: I enjoy it. I, I appreciate you having me on the show. And you know, for for everybody out there who's wanting to be an independent author. You know, definitely look at Facebook groups and Twitter groups for the writing community. You're not gonna get a lot of sales from those, but there's a lot of people that have good information. And the other thing is get yourself on podcasts like this one uh, is, as far as to help promote your work because it's something of you've got something that you want to market, of course, but you also have information that you can help give out to the rest of the community. And that's, you know, that roundtable I have was purely just to say, hey, we want to give out information to people to, to help them. You know, part of what, I, what my journey is in this writing process is to give back So, so definitely talk to Chris, get on his show. And then, uh, you know, if, if you need anything from us, just reach out. We're, 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 we're a a Twitter message away.
0: For sure. And those who have listened to the show before, you know what I'm about to say links to David's information is in the show notes, highly recommend that you go out and check it out. Remember tomorrow's the last day you can submit. to get a free audible copy of living death, David Mercer's third book in the uh,
1: series. I know the living death is a new story. It's, it's a one off story. It may turn into a series. There you uh, go. But it's, it's, it's my payback to the zombie genre. There you go. It's so much fun over the years.
0: Highly recommend you uh, check it out. If you don't win tomorrow, check it out. Go buy a copy of it by Amazon. The links to that will be in the show notes as well. Uh, with that, have yourself an excellent day, everyone. And remember, get it from behind social media, as I just said, reach out to us on social media. But get it from behind social media after you reach out to us and have a conversation with somebody. I know it's a weird concept in today's age where we want to do everything in 240 characters, but... At the end of the day, it does help our society and it does make us a better people when we actually talk to people and sit down and have a conversation. So with that, have yourself an excellent day. And remember, guys, talk to you later. Cross-Border Interviews with Chris Brown was produced and edited by Miranda Brown Associates Incorporated. To learn more about us, visit crossborderinterviews.ca.